BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Thursday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now all across the country. Appreciate you being with us. And got a lot to talk about here. We are going to dive into... The uh, latest on the FBI investigation, or was there even an investigation into uh, the Biden criminal bribery scheme? I think that's something that deserves a whole lot more attention than it's gotten. We'll also be talking to you about where things stand in the primary race. You may have heard Clay had a little interview yesterday with a former vice president <laughs> that is now all over, I don't know, CBS News, Fox News, Politico, all over the place. Clay basically asking if he ordered the code red, uh, or in this case, will you order a pardon? The answer was no answer. Clay was not accepting that as an answer, and uh, a lot of people still listening to that one and seeing what some of the big dynamics are. We we will, Clay, we'll go back to it. Some folks can hear it. If you missed it yesterday, we have that uh, all queued up for later on in the program to discuss. Also look at the latest uh, arguments around the uh, the Trump indictment, obviously. Um, Clay, did you see, uh, you know, Bill Barr was on um, the, what is the six, uh, the Brett Baer, uh 6 p.m. show on Fox News and laid out his... That laid out his rationale here. Um, we'll get into some of this. Ba- basically, what we've been saying, I think, is accurate, which is that the case here, that the primary defense is one actually of politics and not of law, even though this is a criminal indictment, uh, because if you if you accept that everything is legitimate from the DOJ side and that this isn't a, a targeted political hit, obstruction starts to become challenging we'll get we'll get into this a little bit later but effectively other presidents were democrats they get the political pass on process crimes which is all we're talking about here really are process crimes uh we'll discuss some of that analysis later obviously trump not getting a pass at all and one thing to keep in mind here is i i would can we just do a check-in on this one clay and i do check-ins all the time uh are they going to bring january 6 related charge against him I think they will, and the reason why I think they will, Buck, is I think they're going to get nervous really quickly given the judge that they have in Miami and the jury pool, which let's just say is 50-50-ish. They can now bring charges for January 6th with a 95% Democrat jury in D.C., and it almost feels like the safety net to me for being able to get federal charges. I remember... um... So, so this is this reminds me a little bit of because you have all these different criminal. Think about this: how many criminal charges are they going to bring? How many different trials are they yeah. going to have Trump going through in an election year? Uh, I think it makes the case for this being political not only stronger, but it is obvious. It, the The case that this is politicized is ironclad. Uh, it reminds me I had a friend who worked in college admissions many years ago, and he said one of the things I always look for is if you have to have a super thick file 
of five additional letters of recommendation that nobody wants and, you know, 10 videos of yourself doing things that you think it's just if the goods are there, the goods are there. You, yeah. you, you don't you don't need to inundate. You don't need to anyway. And that's what they're doing. This is the count of countless counts against Trump. But put that aside for a sec. We'll come back to this all a little bit later. I thought this was really interesting. I I would love to see more, and that's why I a total credit uh for Sean getting um Gavin Newsom to sit down with him. We we need more of this. Yeah. We need more people who disagree, who have platforms and audience. So you and I are not going to put someone with, you know, fifty Twitter followers who hates us on the air to say crazy things, but people that have roughly equivalent audience and and sway for their side or or um you know some degree of uh, gravitas for their side of the political equation to have the exchange so we can see what do they really think about this i mean i think that gavin newsom while you liked you liked gavin personally right you think he's slick which okay it all right pointed me how much i liked him buck i wanted to be like i hate nah. this guy but i was like i wouldn't mind having a beer with gavin newsom and that that upsets me i mean honestly but i thought he came off really well in that hannity interview i, I did I mean, he just reminds me of like the guy that you didn't want to trust your girlfriend around and at the college party. Well, I'm you know? not saying I'd want to bring my wife for beers with him. Uh, you but, know, he's just have, something really, a beer with him. really smiley and underhanded about Gavin yes. Newsom. But yes. anyway, but he basically took the perspective that some of the stuff that's gone on in his state is indefensible. He yeah. kept saying, I own that. I own that, which is, is interesting because what does that really mean? Although it does work as a deflection. But he was taking shots at Florida. Governor Ron yep. DeSantis of Florida. There's There are really two things about DeSantis right now that are simultaneously happening. There's the 2024 presidential nomination contest, and he's in the very clearly the number two slot right now in all the polls. There really only are two candidates currently who have serious numbers. Trump, way out front, DeSantis, number two. We all know that. Okay, that's a part of what's going on, and we'll talk more about that in the months ahead. But there's also the red state, blue state dynamic, which plays into the 2024 yep. election and is also for a lot of people, I think, where they see policy and result. What did we decide? What has happened? How has California acted during COVID and during BLM and in all the rest? And how did Florida? Governor DeSantis calling out Gavin Newsom here after the, uh, the interview that, that Sean did with Newsom. I want you to hear what he says. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's ready for it. He's ready to rumble. Play the clip. He's got huge problems in his state. I mean, like, huge problems in his state. We all know that. I mean, you see it in San Francisco. You see it in L.A. You see it in the people fleeing. California, from its inception, gained population every single year until he became governor. And yet, with all those problems, he has a real serious fixation on the state of Florida. I mean, I think it's just bizarre that he does that. What I would tell him is, you know what? Stop pussyfooting around. Are, are you going to throw your hat in the ring and challenge Joe? Are you going to get in and do it? Or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and chirp? Uh, Clay, I mean, he's, first of all, he's basically saying that Gavin Newsom has Florida envy. Yeah. And that's a part of it. And he's also saying, if you're such a big man, Mr. Man of California, why don't you actually just say, I'm the guy old man biden we all know it has to step aside i i think we need to hear more of this props for use of the word pussyfooting which we all know you know we all know what the implication of the use of the word pussyfooting is it ain't the second word that people are going to focus on all right so that is a phenomenal word to use to call out gavin newsom but buck this to me raises the question I think DeSantis raised it because he's talking about the Democrat Party. We had Robert F. Kennedy on this show. I saw where I believe Sean had Marianne Williamson on, who is the other Democrat that's running against Joe Biden. There's a story, I believe it was in Politico this morning that I was reading, you know, getting ready for the show. They are now saying that Biden, because of his commitment to South Carolina being the first primary, may skip Iowa and New Hampshire, may not even campaign there. If you hear that, that feels to me like a very big error strategically. Why wouldn't Gavin Newsom step into this race? I feel like Democrats collectively, now maybe not the DNC, and maybe not the grand poobahs of the party, 
But I feel like Democrats as a collective group are begging for someone to challenge Joe Biden. I think DeSantis, I mean, sorry, I think Newsom, really, if he won Iowa and he won New Hampshire, Buck, I think he could get the momentum to potentially beat, I know you think it's crazy, I think he could potentially beat Biden in the primary. I I don't think he could beat Biden in the primary, but... I think anything, you know, by the same token, I feel like anything is possible. So, you know, who, who really knows? Cause, but here's what I think the plan is for the Democrats. We keep seeing all the polls. I don't know. What's the latest on, you know, Biden's too old for the job? Isn't it like 40% of Democrats want someone else or something? And 70% I think, think it's, he's too I think old? it's over half of Democrats want somebody else to want run somebody when else. they, when it, they polled. That's I Democrats. Mean, That's not the independents or Republicans. And as a reminder, Trump support when he was president within the we're talking about now yes. within the party within the faithful, I mean it was you know it was Kim Jong Il level it was like ninety nine percent I mean it which was crazy. obviously yeah that support is fake because he's a dictator but you guys get what I'm saying yes. I mean it's like the numbers were through the roof it was like ninety eight ninety nine percent um level support within the party and and Joe Biden obviously doesn't have that Here, here's what I think is going on I think that the plan here and it's maybe it's even implicit. But everybody knows it. If you and I, is this kind of fun? If you and I were Democrat strategists, just think about that. Yeah. By the way. Just take a moment. Clay, we get like book deals that are way beyond what we're ever going to sell. Just because, you know, people, <laughs> people like us because the machine, we get invited, we get invited on all these like, you know, the like CBS morning shows and everyone's like, Hey yeah. man, like you're so great. You're so smart. You know, oh man, Hollywood, Hollywood people would be talking to anyway. I'm just kidding. I would never want to do such a thing. But if we were sitting there and we were Democrats, we were strategizing this. I think the way that they can they can rationalize Biden 2.0 or the second Biden term is it's just about pushing him across the finish line as the incumbent against, let's say, Trump, because it looks like that's what's going to happen. And then you have Kamala Harris. I think she takes over summer of 2020. What is it? Summer of 2025. Yeah, I don't I don't think Joe Biden. You don't think think Joe Biden lasts a year. That's what I'm saying. uh, I I think he's. So I think really he's just now considered by Democrats the political vessel to bring about, look at narrative, first black female president in American history. And that is what this is really all about for Democrats. That's how. Okay, so if you believe that, and I don't think that's a crazy idea at all, right? If Biden wins reelection, I think Nikki Haley said it on our show this week, and we've said it. I think there's a very good chance he's we not We are aligned. Nikki term. Haley and I see this exactly the same, that it's really about Kamala Harris. It's really not about Joe Biden. Okay, so if you are hearing that, and you are Gavin Newsom, let's play the Democrat strategist game here, because I think this is what's partly motivating Gavin Newsom to sit down with Hannity. And by the way, have we reached out, Ali and production crew, have we invited Gavin Newsom on this program? I don't know that he would come on, but let's. have we officially invited him? Not yet, okay. but we will. We will. We should, right? But Okay, so if he comes on this program, I think that would tell us a lot, too. But the fact that he's done Hannity already is a big deal. When we come back, Buck, come out in the, back in this next break, I just want everybody to think about this. If you are Gavin Newsom and you see what may well happen, which is basically the baton gets passed to Kamala Harris, if she is running as the incumbent, you have no chance to be the nominee in 28, right? And if somehow she won, you would have no chance to be the nominee in 32. And then by 36, like you're 70-some-odd years old. The window if Gavin Newsom wants to be president, in my opinion, is right now before the baton can get passed to Kamala Harris. I'll explain that a little bit more when we come back, but I just want all of you thinking about this. If you buy into the idea, and I think a lot of us do, that Kamala would get elevated to president during Joe Biden's term if he were to win in 2024. When is the window ever going to exist for Gavin Newsom, who clearly wants to be president, to run for president? Think about it. Uh, Most Americans out there feeling the effects of inflation, whether it comes when you're filling up your gas tank, grocery shopping, paying for home repair, you feel it everywhere. Most of us paying the bills with a credit card. Consumer debt rose over a trillion dollars in the last year. Biggest increase in 20 years. If you're a homeowner, there's a way out. Call our friends at American Financing. They'll put together a plan to pay off that high-interest credit card debt and create meaningful savings for you every month. They're saving people just like you $1,000 a month and closing in as fast as 10 days. Don't wait 
Get yourself in a better position. Call their salary-based mortgage consultants today and see how much you can save. 25 years of experience, 7,000 glowing Google reviews. Costs nothing to get started. You could delay two mortgage payments, giving you greater savings up front as well. Call American Financing today, 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. You can also visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, uh, NMLS They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Search out Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. Also, go download the iHeartRadio app. And you want to keep up with all the goings-ons associated with the show, you can go to ClayandBuck.com and see everything there. All right. So I want to open up phone lines here in this hour, 800-282-2882. And I think probably for some of you out there who did not hear all of the Mike Pence fireworks yesterday, we probably should, Buck, at some point play that because our friends at The View are even reacting to our show yesterday. I, I, I think I think tee it up. I think, I think play it now, a little reminder. So I'm sitting okay. here. I'm trying to I'm trying to throw in the towel. I'm trying to invoke the mercy rule. Was, Clay has we, no before mercy. Before we play before we play this, what was your head headspace as the Mike Pence conversation got increasingly more and more contentious? Um did you feel it, like you needed to throw in it like at what point did you start thinking, "Ooh, this is a lot more tension than I expected?" Third third round of the of the question, I was like, "Oh boy." Um, you know, follow up, totally normal. Got to follow up, got to press when you went to the third time. And yeah, it really just for me, it felt like it's that point in the MMA match where one guy kind of goes a little limp and you know, it's over. And I'm, uh, I'm that guy who has to throw his body in the middle for a second there. Cause you know, we're trying to try to keep it a, I, a fair fight here. For people out there, like, again, I really was so in disbelief that Mike Pence tried to go in this direction. So let's play the audio so you guys um, can hear it. We'll play, let's maybe the short version. Yeah, let's of play the shorter it. version. So you don't, of it. 
Uh, and by the way, if you want to go hear the longer version, you can always go to clayandbuck.com. You can certainly go grab the podcast. But here is the fireworks yesterday with former Vice President Mike Pence on the show that has blown up and everybody's reacting to all over the media landscape today. Here's what you missed if you weren't listening yesterday. With all due respect, when you aren't telling us what your decision would be, I think you're dodging the question and 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 frankly not stepping up on the on the front of leadership, which in the past you've been willing to do. So I, I, to me, not answering is a no. Well, look, I, <laughs> number one, I don't think you know what the president's defense is, do you? I mean, what are the facts? I mean, look, we either believe in our judicial process in this country or we don't. We either stand by the rule of law we don't i just uh, what i would tell you is i think as someone who but has what i'm hearing is you're fine with donald trump being put think, in prison sir and that to me well, look, since it, you were his talking, vice president guys, feels guys, pretty disrespectful look, I, I had a standard rule i don't talk about hypotheticals but look we don't know what the president's defense here is i think he's entitled to make his defense entitled to have his day in court and uh look let's you know let's take it one step at a time but i i would just tell you that i i uh, it, but if you, you know that these are political charges and you do, you, this is not a this is not a difficult decision. Clay, I think to we've make I think we've principle. gotten I think we've yeah. gotten what we're going to get here in terms of an answer to this one. Um, yeah, I, I just think you, any I think any conclusion by anyone. Running all right, we for can the we can cut we can cut it off there because he keeps kind of dancing around the question. Well, that was the third. Just to be clear, that was yes. the third time that that you pressed him on that on that question. Um, and and I you know I, I did want to ask. Look, I, I think that. Here's here's something that that is, I think that's what Pence really believes because I think he feels like Donald Trump betrayed him. I think that he feels like Donald Trump left him high and and can I just hold once I I know you're fired up about this, but just say that then yeah right? that's the that's part right. of it. Be like this guy left me. I'm his VP. He left me high and dry because again, folks, I'm I'm telling you what I believe the former vice president really thinks here. Yep. You know when he's talking about process or we have to wait to see. No, we know we know what happened here. We also know I think that on the pure, if you're taking a legal is formalism the right way to describe this? Maybe you know they, that actually he, is. Yeah. Well, thank I you, mean, sir. I think that's accurate. Well, yeah. Well done. Yeah. No yeah. law school necessary for this guy. He just googles the stuff. But if you have a legal formalist approach to this, I, I think everyone needs to understand the obstruction defense for Trump is he's in a lot of trouble on that. On that, if you're going to argue about whether, you know, if a court says you have to return the following things, there are actions you can take. Not returning it is a pro- Our point or the point that I think everybody is trying to make about this is, yeah, but they're doing this to Trump. And there, and even, even Bill Barr, when he was making the case about this on, um, Brett Baer's show, he was saying that there is a double standard here. And for a lot of us, we're just like, no, we're not going to, there is a double standard isn't enough. If a double standard means our guy goes down while their guys and gals, so to speak, go free, that is unilateral political disarmament on process crimes here, which, Bill Clinton should have gone to prison for if we're letter of the law. Hillary Clinton should have gone to prison for Joe Biden still should probably based on the latest allegations and evidence that we're waiting to see here from the FBI. Certainly his son should go like so how many of these times can we see one side gets away with everything and our side gets jammed up on the process crime. Even the Mueller probe. What was the Mueller probe really all about? nailing people for process crimes because there was no substance to it i mean they sent like uh didn't papadopoulos get like two weeks in prison for lying about what he had for breakfast effectively it was garbage if mike pence had said i believe donald trump is not worthy of being reelected as president and i think he should have to take his medicine if a court convicts him and i don't think it's my job or any other republican candidate's job to pardon him if he's convicted. I would disagree, but that's at least an answer. When you're trying to kind of float here on what his answer was, in particular because his brand, Buck, is I'm the guy who's willing to make hard decisions even if they're unpopular because I'm willing to stand on my beliefs. And then you, to me, disrespect this audience by not telling us what your position on this actually is, like I just think I couldn't, I couldn't let him 
not answer, and and that's why I just kept you know going after him over this. I, I think a lot of people listening would feel like if if they were my honestly think about this if if you were Mike Pence and you had gone through what he went through from his perspective, put aside your politics or anything else, I think you'd be really upset at Donald Trump. Yeah, I get it. And so and so. That's fine. I mean, you know, you could feel, you certainly feel that way. But you, if you're, if you want to be the commander in chief of the United States for four years, I think you have to be willing to come out and say what everyone knows you think, but you're not really willing to do it because you want to sort of have a little bit of both sides yeah, in the process. And, and what I would like, point to, Buck, here is remember Ted Cruz? Nobody got savaged more by, by Donald Trump than Ted Cruz in the 2016 primary. Not only did Donald Trump go after him, he went after his dad. He went after his wife. I mean, it was nasty. And what did Ted Cruz do when Donald Trump got elected? Ted Cruz could have been a whiny little brat who was upset about how nasty the 2016 campaign was. Instead, to his credit, Ted Cruz manned up and he said, this guy's the president. I'm going to bust my ass to be the most effective senator I can for the state of Texas and my constituents, even if maybe my feelings are hurt. And even maybe if I feel like Donald Trump didn't treat me fairly. To me, that's what I wanted to hear from Mike Pence. Like, look, I'm mad at Trump. Be mad at him because of what happened on January 6th and the way you think he was treated. But being mad at someone and not standing on principle is the opposite of what I want whoever is in that yeah. uh, behind that resolute desk to do. People can disagree with Bill Barr, for example, yeah. but he's tell he's telling you where he really stands on this stuff. Like he's not he's saying, "Look, yeah, I worked for the guy. I quit. I disagreed with some of the stuff at the end about the election. I defended him and he did, and I remember it very uh strenuously against the Mueller probe, which is really why I think, you know, he was willing to take the job in the first place. And he's like, "This is where I am on this." He's like, yeah. "Trump Bill Barr's point on this is he broke the law and he brought it on himself. Now, you can disagree with that, but Bill Barr's coming out and saying it. You can say that you think that that's, you know, terrible, wrong, whatever, but he's saying it. I feel like your your problem yesterday with or the part that brought out the uh the ferociousness of uh, <laughs> of Clay Travis for a moment, which is not a very common sight by the way, was um that he wasn't willing to tell us what he really that Pence wasn't willing to say it, you know? That's why we'll have Chris Christie and some of you I know are going to get mad at us for even having Chris Christie on the show. He's running for president. He says what he thinks. He's willing to make the case. Now, we'll ask him questions. If he says things that we disagree with or think are unfair, we'll, we'll push, push back, back on it. And there'll probably be some fireworks and there. And it'll probably be fiery. First but Amendment we're not going to well here. We're not going to hide from this stuff. Because I actually don't, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for Trump or any of his, uh, anyone who really believes in him in the media to just hide from all of the arguments that are out there and create some uh, some echo chamber. All of that said, the view, the ladies of Have you heard this? I have no idea what we're about to play. This happened just in the last hour on the view, right? Have you heard this audio at all? I have not. I have not heard the audio, but they did. They were speaking about us, talking about how wise and handsome we are. Uh, Yeah, I'm Um, looking forward to hearing that. Here here is uh, one of the co-hosts of the view. Play it. You can't miss in this that that's one of the most listened to right, right wing radio shows in the country. And they're essentially making the argument in 2023, the year of our Lord, that because you think DOJ might be a little political, you throw out all the crimes that are listed in this indictment. Like that's the first side of the absurdity here and that there's a lot of people who actually believe that. Can I just say every single Democrat nodding at that table, every single Democrat in that audience and watching at home, the live audience and watching at home. Went along with the, oh, come on, Hillary's running for president. Let's forget about the Espionage Act statute in this case. It doesn't make, it's not big enough. We need to let the election play out. Without exception, they all made that case. And now they're going to sit there like, oh, but look, the law is the law. And they're making this absurd case about the politicization of it. It's not absurd. This goes to the very center of do we have a justice system or not? If only one side bears the consequences of the letter of the law, then we do not have a justice system. We have a political persecution system. Amen. I agree with all of that. And the other thing I would say, so did they play our audio? I guess they played the audio and then she, I I appreciate whoever, I think that's Alyssa Farrah Griffin, if I'm not mistaken. I think I recognize her voice. She's the conservative on The View, uh, quotation marks there. Um, 
I appreciate the fact. I don't that think she, she would say like she's that. even a conservative, right? I think she's like, uh, you know, to, a little a little to the left of Paul Ryan. Is she, would she describe herself as a conservative? I, I don't know. It's, a, it's a great question. I, I I don't know, but I appreciate the fact that she told the view audience what is the truth, which is this show has a massive audience. True, a big part of that, the legacy of Rush and the honesty that he shared with you every single day. But I like to think as we come up on the two year anniversary of us being in these chairs, sitting behind these microphones, that a lot of you have come to agree. Like, you may not agree with us on a day-to-day basis, but we're going to tell the truth to you in a way that doesn't exist very frequently in much of the rest of the media. But I think that's the essence of this, right? Pence seems to believe that the Republican uh, contingent out there is of the opinion that the justice system is fair. He said we either have rule of law or we don't. That's the problem. I don't think, and I'm saying this as a lawyer, I don't think we have a fair, impartial justice system. And if we do not, then I do not believe you can sit on the sideline and just say, well, we got to just wait and see how all this plays out. No, we have to take up arms against, metaphorically speaking, the absurdity of what is going on right now with the weaponization of the justice system against one particular political party and to a large extent, one right now head of that party but it's not going to be just trump this is coming for everybody we said that desantis uh, gavin Newsom, Newsom's talking already. about trying to arrest him for kidnapping which is completely insane i would just note and i think and i i've heard this from people and, and it's it's a worthwhile point to make the same voices right now the same democrat voices that are saying the law is the law and we need the rule of law and trump needs to go to prison for a hundred years are people who have you said to them okay fine fine you know what We'll go along with this. You're right. Laws of law. Let's lock up a former president for decades because he had some documents in a shower that nobody saw that he thought were his because of his interpretation of whatever. Right. Let's go yep. along with that. I'm glad we've established the law is the law. Um, what are we going to do with all the illegal immigrants in this country in violation of federal <laughs> law who are supposed to be deported? And you know what they'll all do? Oh, but we're a nation of of immigrants and people with ties to the command. Federal law says they are subject to deportation. All of them in the country illegally. What are we going to do about them? And all of a sudden, you'll get all these arguments. Human rights, basic decency, nation of immigrants, the Statue of Liberty. But hold on a second, Clay. I thought the law was the law. The, it's a great point. The law has always been subject to a great deal of discretion. And the discretion that is being exercised right now is, in my opinion, indefensible. And look, Buck. People are focusing on Vivek Ramaswamy saying this. I was, before Vivek, a month ago, people listened to our interview with DeSantis. I asked this question, but I came on and I said, I think every Republican running, but long before this became a story, I said on the show, every Republican running as a matter of principle needs to say they will not let Donald Trump go to prison. And I'm sticking to it. And I think that is, to me, a litmus test issue for me, in terms of yeah. who I would vote for in the primary, and I think a lot of our listeners as well. Families that recorded special events back in the day before iPhones likely have tons of videotapes or cassettes stored away someplace. Over time, these degrade, but there's a way you can preserve what's on them forever, and that's with Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the company in Tennessee receiving tens of thousands of videotapes and cassettes every week, and one by one, they're hand-transferring them into digital files easy for you to see again. They have some 200-plus technicians doing all this work at Legacy Box. The good news is they can do it for you, too. Take advantage of their $9 per videotape sale. That's 70% off their regular prices this week. Get started online at LegacyBox.com slash buck. They'll ship you a specially made box. You fill it and send it back. I've done this. Clay's done this. The process is so easy, and it's so cool when you get back all your precious memories transferred into digital media that you can share and enjoy and look at today. Nine dollar per tape sale online right now. That's a nine dollar per tape sale. Legacybox.com slash buck is where you go for this. It's a great Father's Day idea too. If you're looking for a last minute gift, tell dad you're going to digitize all those memories he recorded of you growing up or don't tell him, make it a surprise, but give him a gift of a time capsule with legacybox.com slash buck. One more time, legacybox.com slash B U C K. The torch of truth. Past and still lit every day. 
The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. All right, welcome on in, everybody. Third hour of the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show kicks off right now. And uh, we're going to make sure we give you any updates, if there are any updates, to the legal arguments that have been discussed here on the show around uh, the Trump indictment, uh, any new clips, new ideas, because that's clearly uh, dominating a lot of what you're seeing online. But there's another legal story out there that I thought we should spend some time on today and it has to do with uh daniel penny so we know that daniel penny just just by way of review he is the marine who stepped in when jordan neely was threatening to kill people on a subway train and he put him in a chokehold he was not the only person who tried to restrain uh jordan neely because of what he was threatening people on the subway with uh, but he put him in a chokehold. Uh, they they went for police as soon as they could at the next station, and uh, Neely subsequently died. And we're being told that this is a case of vigilanteism, and and there's a very clear political uh, narratives at play here. Okay, well let's look at what actually we know at this point. He has been indicted on manslaughter charges. He faces a maximum of 15 years in prison for that manslaughter charge and also another charge for criminally negligent homicide which carries four years behind bars now uh just so everyone is is uh up with what the democrats clay here are claiming because this has become very partisan because he's as you said he's a white guy and the guy he killed yep. is black so this is why this becomes a big national news story um, because it, it fits into a false narrative that there's a lot of uh, white-on-black murder that occurs regularly in this country because of all the white supremacy, uh, white supremacy and racism and all the rest. CNN, you know, refers to and runs full, like, big photos of Jordan Neely dressed as Michael Jackson and refers to him as a street artist who died from a chokehold on a subway, refers to the mourning at the funeral... They present the most sympathetic uh, picture of this guy they possibly can. Uh, meanwhile, Neely had recently punched a woman, in, an elderly woman in the face, shattered her nose and her eye socket. No reason, just because. Also, uh, it's believed that he, he threatened to push a woman in front of a train, which is every New York City subway rider's worst fear these days, because it does occasionally happen, and it's horrific. It happened recently as a woman on the Upper East Side of Manhattan thrown in front of a subway train she's now paralyzed no one talks about this um but uh, they should because of what's going on here i mean clay at, at a time when cities are so violent and there's so much of a rise in crime in the last few years that people are leaving those cities because democrats make the case that you shouldn't really be too hard on criminals um for them to go after this guy and have him face almost 20 years in prison for this just just seems to be the, the worst kind of, of ideological Soros-inspired rot when it comes to criminal justice. I think this also ties in really well, Buck, with what you talked about as a longtime resident of New York City. And I know we have a monster audience in New York City, but also people who live in all different sorts of cities all over America. And when you're seeing your cities descend into lawlessness there's this question of what you should do, right? If you happen to be, like Neely is here, a relatively young and healthy former Marine, right? A guy who is able to take care of himself. Should you put yourself out there in any way and try to protect people who are not as able to take care of themselves as you are? I think this is something in the back of every guy who's out there listening to us right now. In the back of your mind, especially if you're a guy in your 20s, in your 30s, maybe in your 40s, you're still really in good physical condition. You're in better shape, better able to take care of yourself than most people are. And when you hear him talk, Buck, and explain as we played on this program earlier this week, there were women, children, people of all different races that he felt like this guy was threatening. And he felt obligated to try to do something to protect people who were not able to protect themselves. And I wonder to what extent, when you see this story, 
to your point, Buck, they are right now reducing charges on virtually everyone out there who commits actual intentional acts of violence. How do you not think to yourself, I'm not going to do anything? Remember when we played, uh, Buck, the, the dad and the mom and the kid, and the guy on the subway is just threatening and screaming at that family as they sit on the subway. And you said to me, you're a dad, Clay. What would you want to do in that situation? Well, in that situation, I would want to protect my family. But I would also think to myself, I'm a white guy. This guy is black screaming at the family. He may be armed, right? I might accelerate this situation by even trying to protect my family in any way. And do I feel comfortable that if a 30-second video was taken of our interaction that it would in any way reflect positively on me because I'm a white guy, he's a black guy, even though he would have started this violence and be threatening wife and kid who are clearly unable to protect themselves. I think a lot of people just put their head down. I think there's people all over the country right now who when they see people that they think are engaging in threats of violence or violent behavior in general, I think there's a lot of men out there who do, who are afraid of putting themselves into the equation and they just drop their eyes and hope they don't have eye contact made. When Alvin and Bragg I hate came, that we're here, right? Yeah, when when Alvin Bragg came into office in January of 2022, uh, and look, it's it's a shame that uh, New York State residents weren't able to get it together enough and put Lee Zeldin in the governor's mansion. Yeah. Uh, instead, they have uh, Kathy Hochul, who is is honestly a low IQ, uh, unethical disaster. Uh, and no one even, you know, no one ever would have dreamed that somebody so inept would become the governor of a major state, I think. Well, maybe not. There's a lot of stupid governors these days. <laughs> but nonetheless, here we are looking at, at Bragg. And I, I would remind everybody that with the Daniel Penny situation, he's going for, he's basically going for the jugular. I mean, 15 years on one count, four on another. 20 years, your, your life is basically over. I mean, you're not, you're, you know his most productive years are going to be spent in a prison cell if he gets uh, convicted on this. Meanwhile, when, when Bragg came into office, uh, Bragg, who just so you know is he's a, a, a true social justice warrior in that he also went to a sixty-five thousand dollar a year private school in Manhattan. So you know he knows this. He knows the struggle. Um, but he said that fourth degree stalking, resisting arrest, obstructing government, prostitution, not paying. For uh, public transportation, no, uh, you can have up to three ounces of marijuana. None of that will be prosecuted. Yeah. So you can, oh, trespassing. So uh, there's stalking charges, trespassing charges, resisting arrest charges, obstructing government, which often is involved with police trying to do their jobs, prostitution, lots and lots of weed, which is still a federal crime, by the way. People forget that. Um, Clay, all of that not going to be prosecuted under a Bragg administration. Now, how are these things related? On the one hand, you have the Democrat mindset that going soft on crime is inherently just, which is completely insane because you just create a lot more victims. But also these more minor things lead to an environment where you have more Jordan Neely's. You have more people going around terrorizing their fellow New Yorkers, getting away with it. The cops are demoralized. The prosecutor's hands are tied and everybody's sick of it. And, you know, this is if if I could, I would if I could go and like pick a place, I would love to go on the set of Morning Joe where someone like Joe Scarborough, who lives in a mansion in Florida, you know, with his second wife. Um, if you were to do that, I, I would want to be able to sit down and say to them, you guys have private drivers. What do you think it's like for people who ride the subway normally all the time? And why do you think they should have to live in constant fear of maniacs who all vote for Joe Biden if they vote for anyone? Like, I would really want to push them on this. Yeah, because there's no defense. There's no argument, honest argument of how Democrats approach this stuff anymore. And it's really a sh it's shameful that the Republicans haven't been able to capitalize on this and, and take more control on a whole in a whole range of places and a whole range of offices. You want to play when we come back on this next break here in a sec. Let's play the Daniel Penny because we have him right now. I think we've got Daniel Penny right now, right? The 40 second clip of him explaining what he was we doing. Do? OK, on yeah. That. Yeah, play, play Daniel Penny play explaining it again for people. Yeah, go for it. You can see in the video there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. 
And then some people say that this is about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers. It's a lot of whom were people of color. A man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was, was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What, I don't believe that I'm, I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. So this is something that people hear and they go, I want Daniel Penny on my subway. Yep. Like normal people of all races, religions, colors, you name it, normal people, everyday people, they all want Daniel Penny on their subway, all of them. They might not all feel comfortable saying that out loud because, you know, they'll get made fun of on MSNBC for being racist. But And they want someone like Daniel Penny. They don't care if it's a white guy, a black guy, a Hispanic guy, an Asian guy. They want some male to be there to step in. Or perhaps, you know, for some people listening, they're like, well, I'd be that guy myself. But, you know, when we talk to even our friends off air about this, Clay, and, you know, we talk, producer Allie rides a subway a lot on the show. She's a, you know, she's a woman. She's probably five, six or so, uh, and has to think about what do I do if a maniac comes up and threatens me on the subway? How do I, how do I handle yeah. that? Cause I'm on my own now, right? I don't, I can't, I can't think that, that a Daniel Penny is going to step forward because people aren't going to risk 15 or 20 years in prison because Alvin Bragg is a racial Marxist. Like they're not going to do that. I'm going to have two kids in New York City with me next week, Buck. I'm going up to Cooperstown, New York. People know this little league tournament. Then I'm driving over to New York City. You know what my wife said to me last night? She said, whatever you do, don't take the kids on the subway. We've been to New York City before. We've taken the kids on the subway. My wife said to me last night, do not take the boys on the subway with you. Don't take the kids on. Never said it before. I bet there are a ton of people in New York City taking their kids in. Maybe you're traveling up there during the summer, taking a family vacation, whatever. Legitimately said to me, promised to me that you will not take them on the subway. Take Ubers, walk wherever you want to go. Don't get on the subway with them. I mean, it's a very straightforward pathway to how we got here. And it, it's taken a long time, but we really reached this moment of with BLM 2.0, it just got ratcheted up to a whole new level and, and, and because of George Floyd, you know, that whole situation. But they decided to uh, empty out the asylums and then empty out the prisons and then stop enforcing the law. And now they enforce laws against people who want to defend themselves. I mean, when you see it on this continuum, but the, but the most extremely mentally, uh, you know, compromise people possible out in society, tell them they can live on the streets, tell them they can do drugs and out in the open, tell them they can urinate, defecate, throw things at people, steal from stores, tell them this is normal now. Make this a normalcy for all of major American cities in Democrat-controlled uh, enclaves. And then wonder, why is it that uh, all these stores are closing? Why is it that there are hundreds and hundreds of 911 calls to a single Whole Foods? In San Francisco. And, you know, part of the problem here is, I think, Clay, that the, the, the propaganda the Democrats are constantly subjected to around criminal justice is so powerful that they don't think they can embrace the reality of better policing, more serious criminal justice system, because they've been told that that's racist. So they can, that's not an option, right? I, th I think this is part of what goes on. The Democrats claim that the old way of doing policing, and I mean the way from, you know, four or five years ago, racist. And you sit here and you say, well, they're not going to accept being racist, so what do we have? More and more failure. And that's what we see. I think that's 100% right. And I would like to be, we talked earlier about Buck about uh, the idea of jury nullification if you're on that Trump jury down in South Florida. I hope that when this case involving Daniel Penny eventually goes in front of a New York City jury, I hope that there are some of our listeners that are in that mix that could find themselves there to be able to defend this guy who clearly, clearly is being wildly overcharged and should have never been charged at all and keep him out of prison. I think that why they're including that uh, four-year, four uh, you know, reckless homicide or you know, invol involuntary manslaughter rather involuntary manslaughter charge um they're gonna they're gonna try to push on that 
You know, they include the big charge, yeah. which is outrageous of murder, basically. This guy went out and just murdered somebody. Um, but they include the lesser charge, right, so that they can actually get. So second-degree manslaughter is the big one. Criminally negligent homicide is the four-year charge. The idea here being, oh, well, we went for the we went for the big charge. If we can't get that, we'll take the four years for negligent homicide, right? With and the idea that the jury basically compromises, that's right? right? Oh, we're not going to hit him with the big one, but we'll hit him with this mid-tier one, and that that way they'll still be able to trumpet this conviction. And I think that it, it, at a very basic level, we're talking about the broader political and criminal justice narratives. But, you know, and this, I've, I remember my last year in New York City a few different times, maniacs just yelling. I didn't, no interaction with them, just came up to me yelling crazy stuff on the street. You know, I, I stuff that I, you could never repeat on the radio and it just, it just happens. But if someone comes up to you and says and threatens to, uh, to kill you, you are on the subway. Remember, you can't go anywhere. You can't escape. Yeah. If someone comes up to you, and they're menacing other people, and you can see what's going on with that. And then they say, I'm going to kill you. I'm willing to go to jail for it. You are obligated to sit there, do nothing, and hope they don't stab you with something. Because if you do anything, oh, he's a, he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. What do you mean? Why, why would you ever, you know? I mean, I, I, this, this is not the society that any, any sane person wants to live in. You're, you're not allowed to threaten to kill people. You're not allowed to do that. So... All right. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy situation. We're going to continue to follow it closely. You know, one of my mottos in life is always protect your time. Technology does a great job of that, like when computers replace the typewriters or when cell phones evolved into mini computers, enabling us to do just about everything at the drop of a hat. All of these tech enhancements save us time. That is, until they stop working. Then it's a nightmare, which is why you need a reliable backup in place. We recommend iDrive, named PC Mag's best cloud backup solution for eight years in a row. Their systems work in the background, backing up your phone, data, documents, contacts, you name it, to one secure, safe place. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Get a whopping 90% off when you sign up with my name as the promo code BUCK at iDrive.com. That's iDrive.com, promo code BUCK. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, did you guys see um, 
Like, I know that some people say, oh, you know, COVID's over. It's ridiculous to even talk about anything relating to COVID. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about this and the fact that it still isn't going away, Buck. There was a dispute late. We, I think we talked about this a little bit on the, uh, on the air that basically the Biden administration refuses to acknowledge that two-year-olds should never have been wearing masks, right? That it was totally absurd that they were ever required to wear masks. Like this is basic. The, the most the most bare bones analysis would say, Buck, that any two year old ever re- required to wear a mask was a failure of American public policy. It was child abuse. Yes. And I think we popularized that phrase in response to it on this show more than anyone else. We said it here first. I stand by it 100 percent. And people who were, you know, pushing for that and actively almost enjoying the masking of their small children uh, should do a lot of soul searching for why they're incapable of independent thought and reason and and rational, uh, rational approaches to things. Um, but it's kind of funny, isn't we sit here we're talking about should two year olds have been masked? Nobody should have been masked. Correct. Ever. They were wrong about all of it. That's why they don't talk about it anymore. Everybody. It was all stupid. Every person was like, mask up, save lives, is not as smart as they thought. No doubt. However, Gerald Nadler, congressman from New York, actually went on the House floor yesterday, Buck. And and Twinkie enthusiast, yes, he was on the House yes. floor. Yes. He went on the House floor yesterday, and he said that it was child abuse if parents didn't insist that their two-year-olds wore a mask. This is not from July of 2020. This is yesterday. These people were wrong. And they need to be held responsible for the biggest public policy failure of our life. And they're still claiming they were right. Yesterday on the House floor, Representative Gerald Nadler, Democrat from New York, listen. It protects against transmission of the disease to the next person. And the healthcare worker certainly ought to be required to be vaccinated. And when we have a pandemic like COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that because there was no vaccination available for two-year-olds. Do you think, Buck, that he is this dumb? I don't. It's tough to know. How is it possible three years later? I mean, I think Nadler is capable of both maximum dishonesty and maximum stupidity, so it's really hard to separate the two. You know, which one is it more? Look, uh, everything he said there is so obviously wrong that it's... It's uh, it's kind of hard to even wrap your head around how somebody could be saying that at this point in time. This is a member of, uh, the, you know, the Democrats in Congress. And this is why I think this matters still. I know a lot of people are like, move on from COVID. Why do you still? I'm still I am still angry about it. I'm not yeah. even just and I know you are, too. I am. Now, you suffered less from the madness than sure. I had to. So I, I have more scars from the COVID lunacy but you and I both see it this way, that what they did was unforgivable. It was wrong. Um, and they're going to do it again if they can, everybody. I, I don't think people have really processed that quite the way that they should. There are already some efforts to put in place to adjust pandemic planning. to Because one way they're going to try to pretend like they got this right is to change the old pandemic playbook to reflect what we did this last time, so then going forward, it's, oh, we know what to do. We do what we did during COVID-19, which is the opposite, of course, of what it should have been done. It should have basically, the, the people who in the beginning were like, we can't do anything about this. You should just, you know, do your best and try to try to stay away from people uh, if you're really, you know, in bad health. Otherwise, let it rip. That was actually the truth, which yep. people just weren't willing to hear at the time. And we would have gotten through this way faster. Right. All we did was prolong the uh, discomfort for the nation while changing virtually none of the outcome. And the fact that this has still not been that there still hasn't been a reckoning. And and look, Mike Pence and Donald Trump got everything wrong with COVID. Right. March, April, May 2020, 15 days to stop the spread, 15 days to stop the spread was one of the worst decisions that any president has made in our lives. Now, I think Trump got to the better place, right? 
He then started to fight to open the country back up. I think he recognized that 15 days to stop the spread didn't work. But I still remember, Buck, as I'm sure you do, Mike Pence standing up there with that binder saying, hey, here's the story of what we're going to try to do. I'm going to head the White House task force on the coronavirus, and this is going to require 15 days to stop the spread. 15 days to stop the spread did nothing other than set in place the premise that the country should shut down without any real opposition from anyone. Remember what they did. They got compliance, and then they changed the rationale. They did this over and over again. 15 days to slow the spread. They sold to people like me who kept saying, okay, so in 15 days we all just get COVID? Like, what's the difference? Yeah. They said, no, no, no. It's about getting our hospitals ready. And then once they got close to the end of the 15 days, it was, we're not quite ready yet. Let's do another 15. Yeah. And let's do another 15. And then it turned into, essentially, let's do a quasi-lockdown. It was never even a true lockdown until we have vaccines. And that then became the unofficial but real policy of the federal government. And I think this is also, this is, as things get tighter here, this is going to be litigated more in the Republican primary because there were mistakes made. There were mistakes made by various candidates that they're going to point out or point at. And and we need to be very clear on this. Um, there are going to be people who push Trump, particularly on the vaccine issue. I have to go and see. There have been a lot of times where Trump has said the vaccine saved everybody. That is not true. Correct. So I think he's I think he's changed on that a little bit. You know, you just said recently, uh, I think I was on another radio show. He said, you know, some of the people I hired were really bad <laughs> when he was president. And I sit here, I go, whenever I said he had some bad hires, I get people that email me right away and say, why are you saying that? Trump only hires the best people. And I think, I don't know if they're serious or if they're just trolling me. I'm like, Trump says he hired bad people. Like, not all yeah. of them, but some of them. And I think Trump has started to say on the vaccines that they were, I, I have to go back and see what the latest is from, but I think he's, I think he has moved his position a little bit on the vaccines. Cause I think he sees RFK Jr. getting a lot of traction from a lot of Trump voters on the vaccine component. I think this is also the advantage of being on the road. Because I think Trump's best political gift is he can intuit the mood of a nation. And he can intuit the mood of a nation by, to a large extent, being out on the road and seeing what people respond to, almost like a great comic would, right? Why does a stand-up comic refine and get his performance art down to a science? Because he recognizes if he tweaks the punchline just a little bit, the laughs are way better. And a politician, ultimately, you're in the business of building the biggest possible audience to support the things that you support. And I think Trump has been a little bit surprised when he's out on the road because of the reaction and how vociferously negative it is associated with the COVID shots in general. Remember, it wasn't very long ago he was bringing up the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, if I remember correctly, onto the stage to brag about the success of the COVID shot. Um, and then everybody booed. And I think he's kind of started to recognize. Now, to his credit, That's right. he was never in favor of mandates. But I think he's starting to focus now more on, I never mandated them, as opposed to, they're the greatest human creation of all time. It was Trump base that booed that time you're talking about. Yes. It was two, soon to be three-time Trump voters. I think he listens to them. I yes. think he understands when they're speaking to him, you know, this is like family talk at the dinner table. You got to hear them out. So on the vaccines, we're going to see a sh he's already started to shift. As you said, he's focused on no mandates from him. Um, but I think you'll see with some of the other candidates, it'll be interesting how COVID plays out because as I COVID was the ultimate test of, of a leader in America for in, in any state and any place, the federal level COVID was, you know, it was like Hell Week and Buds or whatever. It was like, can you make it through this and what did you do? And a lot of people came up very short, very short indeed. All right, if your cell phone service is with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much money every month. Switch to the service I rely on, Pure Talk, and you can immediately start saving 50 bucks a month or more. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G service for just $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? Well, I'm on it, so I can tell you personally, it's phenomenal. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the country. So consider making the switch 
for the same quality and much better savings every month. Families can easily save, get this, over $900 a year. And Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team is going to make switching easy and also any customer service you need, they've got you covered. You'll also be supporting a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America. Pick up your phone and dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.